0: Uh, the anchor idea that I have for today, which the title is birth from, is called, well is this, is Jesus came to save us by what looked like losing himself to a cross, but it was to gain us into a kingdom from darkness to a king who rules in love. Jesus is like no other king, no other king, Amen. I I was a history buff buff growing up. I mean, it wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't my major by any means, but I enjoyed history. And uh, I enjoyed studying a little bit about kings, earthly kings through history in the world, Uh, enough to keep me dangerous with misinformation, to tell you right now or not. But when I I say, uh, you know, Jesus is like no other king, when I think like a king, I mean, we need to be honest with ourselves, when I say the word King, you know, some things can come to mind that may not actually be Jesus. And that's what we want to talk about a little today. Um, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but you've been saved. And it's time for those who've been saved to recognize that He is your King. And if He is your King, you belong to His kingdom, which you are a citizen of. A citizen of. So we can worship our Messiah and Savior. It got us to the, what was done on the cross. But at some point, we need to honor Him, and as we did in worship in many of the lyrics this morning, as an actual King, as an actual King. So when I say the word King, here's some. Of my, I gave them some photos in the back. This is what comes to mind for me. So there's one King. That's King David. I mean, he wrote. All the Psalms and many other books, just powerful and what a testimonial king in a life. David, King David, right? Why don't you go to the next one? There's the Lion King. So, <laughs> uh, I'm just being honest, these things come to my mind when I say king. You have Simba, you have whatever, keep going. This is King Solomon, King Solomon, one of the wisest, the Bible says one of the wisest kings that ever lived, that ever lived. I don't know how wise he was because he was married many, had many wives, but that's another story. But he was very wise. He was very wise. Go to the next one. Just thinking of kings. I think that's King Nebuchadnezzar. So he was, um, am I being corrected? Hey, like I said, I'm dangerous with misinformation here. But I think it's Nebuchadnezzar. I think of him. Look at all the gold, riches, and people serving around him. You know, that's King Nebuchadnezzar. Why don't we go to the next one? And that is King uh, George. King George, which is a famous monarch, because then I think somewhere in there you have the young Queen Elizabeth, right? So I mean, that's a quite a big monarch. I mean that the the, uh, the English territories um, um, are experiencing. And then who else? We got other kings. And then there's Burger King. You know, sometimes <laughs> there's, there's Burger King. I mean, just these things of earthly kings, maybe more in a drive-through sense of a king of a burger. Uh, was there one more? Don't leave me hanging on this one last. Okay, there's uh, King Charles of Spain, so who was very uh, aggressive in, in gaining territories in the Americas. But you know, he looks very royally just sitting there, not smiling, but you know, all the prestige and royalty around him. So that's what goes through my mind when I was thinking king. So you can pull those down. I don't want to cause so much distractions on those. But as a, but what I want to talk about is. When we say that word king, we may not always really be able to clearly identify who the king of kings and lord of lords are. You see, the definition of a king is, at least in my initial research, and it's not rocket science, kings usually conquer a property, territory, or people, and then what do they do? They reign over them, right? Now, now it could be through bloodlines of other families that have done all the conquering. But a king usually needs to have conquered something to be king, right? Simple stuff, right? But the difference of what I'd like to talk about from these earthly kings, even Burger King, is the reality that Jesus conquered something far greater than any king can ever conquer on this earth. And in that conquering... It what God honored him. God, the guy who created the the creator of everything, gave him the crown. He was authoritative where he could give that crown, right? And because of what Jesus conquered, which was death—death that we don't have to experience spiritually in the afterlife, eternity—that's a big deal. No matter how busy you get in life, you still have to lay your head on the pillow in hopes of tomorrow. We had that message about eternity waiting. But Jesus came to conquer us as humanity, does not need to experience eternal death. Eternal death, aka hell, but is basically where God will not be and Jesus will not be for your eternity. It's sobering. But know how busy you get in life. You have to face that at some point. Where are you certain? Where are you certain? Jesus came for us so we don't have to suffer like He did. And because... We had on the cross, and we'll get into that soon, the burial and what we sang earlier, the resurrection where there is an empty tomb. Thank you, Jesus. But that empty tomb is just the beginning to something because that meant also new life for you as well. And that empty tomb also means that you don't have to experience graves in your life, struggles in your life. You see, back to the conquering thing. Jesus conquered death, but it's not just for us to experience when we die and go to heaven by any means. Because see, He's still a king and we still can become a citizen to Him and walk in the victory that He conquered for us. So graves that we may feel we need to stay in that we don't jump out in, depression, anxiety, fear, circumstances that are out of our control, He wants you to come out of those graves. He wants you to live in victory. Live in victory. I can only... So that's my image of Kings is just kind of distorted and really until I began to say, hey, I'm going to follow Christ more. And it's a process. It's a journey. I became a Christian. I accept Jesus as Lord. He's my Savior. But now there's something that needs to begin from there. So he's becoming... I'm following Christ. And in that following Christ... I become closer to Christ. And then I become more like Christ. It's not heresy. And then that becoming more of Christ, I can get closer and closer to Him and see the awe and majesty of Christ. The King of Christ who sits on a throne. And in that majesty, I can experience the amazing authority that God gave Him that we'll see later too. That's for us as well too. I think of the folks in England. They have, you know, we saw King George there and Queen Elizabeth. I mean, they, they have some well ingrained things of what a king should be or a queen. So thinking for them, their perspective is okay. Well, how can Jesus be a king? Where we're here in America, we don't have to deal with the, You know, not not have to experience a monarch like that. They have to understand that when we see Jesus like no other king, it's a king above all kings that they've ever read in a newspaper, they've ever read in a history book. So much of our culture too, um, especially the over time we, we begin... To, to, to experience that we, we were born into this fight and we're kind of bent coming in into sin, right? Because of Adam and Eve and what they did. So some of that bentness is we, we kind of want to be king of our own lives. Or princes or whatever. So you have a culture that wants to be king of things, which then gives us false sense of authority to redefine many things. Um, I mean, you need to be careful with that because that's not our true design. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a big music fan. Grew up in the 80s. Uh, I remember this one song that really leveraged what my concept was a minute ago. I'd plug the cassette into my Sony and put my headphones over my mullet. And it's that song. Come on, a lot of us know Everybody wants to. (gasps) We're singing this in church. Wow, yeah. Everybody, deep down, everybody wants to rule the world that they're in. So we have an innateness in us that that we want to be our own kings. Jesus, as we know, left heaven come see us. The mess. Everything we're in. No other king would do that. (laughs) Leave his high place and come down to our low place. No other king would do that. I want to look at, uh, and this is a, a verse we know, but we're gonna go beyond the verse sixteen that we love. Uh John three sixteen twenty. This is where it all begins pretty much with God. It says for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son. He gave. He gave. He gave. Some of us wonder when you give me something, what's behind it? He gave. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I just want to land on the believe first, because I think a lot of church consumerism and culture has uh, solidified that the word believe is a noun in our life. I believe. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. You know, I believe that's just the beginning that needs a bit when Jesus spoke about the word believe it was an action. It was how our lifestyle is a reflection of what we believe, not just resting in a thought. Who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Keep going. God sent his son into the world not to judge Some Christians need to understand that when they're talking to non-Christians. Alright, I'll keep going. To the world. But to save the world through Him. Keep going. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Keep going. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness. This was written not in 2022. God loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Keep going. And who do, and all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. How many of you guys needed grace when you came to know Christ? Here I am, Lord. Have all of me. Have all of me. Have all of me. See when Jesus he was born in Christmas time we celebrate in the manger, but I believe when, when he was born, his mission started. And his mission, and this is not a cute phrase, but I think it's where it was birthed, no pun intended, his mission was to love you to death. Because that's what he did. He went to that cross for you to die, to lose, to die. Paul in Philippians two 5, 11, reminds us that if we're Christians and believers, and following Christ, that we have to keep this mindset. Can you uh, Philippians 2, 5-11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though He was God, again, He was filled with God. He emptied Himself. He was full. He did not think of equality with God, because He was serving Him, as something to cling to. Keep going. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Remember we talked, he left heaven. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death to a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him, whew, and gave, he gave again. God gave again. We just heard that earlier. Gave him the name above all names. Whew, that in the name of Jesus, whew, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm going to get choked up a little bit today because I'm not perfect at this, but when's the last time you said, I'm in love with Jesus? Remember that elf scene? Who watches Elf on Christmas? I'm in love and I don't care who knows. Remember that? Come on. I'm in love with Jesus. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of that. I'm in love with Jesus. It will bring your relationship a little closer to Him. I heard this description. Like pouring water into a container, Jesus poured the entirety of His deity into the container of His humanity. So, the result was Him being fully divine and fully a man. So we could relate. His death substitutionary sacrifice made the atonement for us as sinners. Sinners. I believe some of what Jesus' passion was Not the movie. That's a good movie. But Jesus' passion was knowing that he was going to be able to glorify his God back to that scripture that every knee and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Because through that, it's glorifying God's will. God's will. Another thing I would think is no other king would, would, would refute an offer like this. Can we go to um, Matthew 4.11, please? We know this. Then the de- so this is Jesus right before his ministry began. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of... No, 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 i got a refund. Sorry. Go back to like uh, verse 1 maybe or 2. Sorry if I gave you the wrong verse. Trying to rush the service up here. <laughs> Can we go to verse 1, 4, 4, 1? I think that might be it. All right, well, anyhow, here's here's what happened. We know this. So Jesus is getting tempted uh, before his ministry, uh, and he's in the wilderness, and Satan comes to him and wants to offer him many enticing things. And one of the last things he offers is, if you'll just just crack that knee a little bit and bow to me. Baby, this can be all yours, baby. I don't think any other king would have said no like Jesus said to that. That he had his eyes on you and me was really the kingdom he needed and wanted and desired from his Father's will. Because he could have had it. He could have had that. Also, just to, can I be a little side note here? When, you're, when, you, when you guys do correspond with other people during the day, I find myself, and I'm learning this, uh, is especially in a tense, tense world we live in, you know it's either right or wrong, there's no in-between, and blah, 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 all that. And that's fine. I, I didn't say anything about truth. I just said right or wrong, so don't write me a letter yet. Um, so what I'm saying here is we, a good way of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you're dealing with somebody. And, and we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. They're not your enemy, but they're spirits that can bring you into what Satan was offering you or something. But Satan here began making accusations. He's a good accuser. So my point is, and when you're corresponding with people, if a lot of their beginning dialogue is accusing of things, they already have an agenda. They already have an agenda. Satan's called the great accuser. I'm not saying the people are Satan. I didn't say that. I said we wrestle a lot. But know, know the heart because if we're walking by the Holy Spirit every day, we, can, we, can, we want God's best in every conversation, right? His will, His will. But that, that testing that Jesus went through, you see, God also needed Jesus to be tested not to show Jesus that He's at the right place at the right time, but He needed to show Satan how He was committed to Him which was key moving forward because we didn't have them bugging them too much moving along. So let's get into, we'll get more into a conventional Easter message here today. Um, so Mark 15, 1, 5 We know just staging this, Jesus goes through His ministry, He's healing the sick, laying hands, raising the dead. Just typical days for Jesus. You know, that's wonderful. And then the, the, the religious folks, Right? Uh, are starting to wonder well, who is this guy and why? Well, he says he might be a Messiah. But see, our vision of a Messiah is more kingly than some guy who was born in a manger. So it can't be him. So they started really pressing in on what he was doing, the signs and wonders that God was calling him to do. It's talking about ooh, forgiveness. Some of those people couldn't know what forgiveness was. But yet Jesus said, forgive, love your enemies. Whoa, 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 whoa. But they did something. So it was really baffling the, the, the godly people. So as we know, it accelerated through His ministry and eventually things had to come to a head. Jesus had prophesied that He was going to be betrayed by Judas. Um, Pastor Ray did a great example of a Judas perspective last week on Palm Sunday. And then he gets betrayed. He gets arrested. Thrown in jail. The next following morning, he has what I call the Pilate moment. The Pilate moment. So Jesus is brought in front of Pilate in a second here. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders and the teachers of religious law the entire high council, those are some pretty great titles, met to discuss their next step. Because now they have Jesus. They have this guy who says he's the Messiah. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Keep going. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Wait a minute. Jesus knew that he was dealing with a discrepancy, and this is what I'm saying earlier. Pilate's view of a king was far different than what was standing in front of him at that time when he asked the question. So, because of that discrepancy, Jesus batted it back at him. It's what you say, it's what you say. Then the leading priest kept a, hey, here we go, some more accusations, accusing him of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? Let's just stop there. Because you're going to have some of these pilot moments. If you're following Christ, you're not just a comfy Christian, you're following Christ, you're going to have some pilot moments. It may not lead you to a cross physically, but it certainly will spiritually at some point. Because of where the world is heading, you will be brought in front of something or someone to accuse you. Not responding is an answer. See, even through Jesus' whole ministry, He was the answer. So it wasn't like He had to expound if He didn't, you know, oh, Pilate, you missed my Sunday message or... You know, it's, he didn't have to explain himself because he is the answer. But there will be many times where your response may not be nothing at all. <laughs> what about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews? So he is even... Pilate is even trying to formulate, this guy is not a king. For he realized by now that the leading priest arrested him out of envy. Because he isn't a king. He's nothing. He was innocent at that point. Keep going. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call King of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify Him. Why? Pilate had demanded. He's really trying to figure this out. What crimes has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, Crucify Him. So to pacify the crowd, like a good politician, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip, then turned him over to Roman soldiers to be crucified. Jesus needed a Barabbas, and you may too as well. Because your Barabbas means there's no turning back at this point. He was the only option. Barabbas, Jesus could have said, okay, maybe I'll win over Barabbas because he was a murderer. And some of you may need a Barabbas in your life sometime. So there's no turning back. I've committed to what God wants me to do and I'll follow it through. And there's no turning back. So the next scene, and I'm not going to go through Scripture. Do you mind? Let me tell you, because this gets... So the Roman soldiers took him. And see, they didn't know. Their 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 vision of a king was Caesar. And this guy Jesus did not look like a king, so they mocked him. They whipped him. They beat him. Bleeding for you and me. And he took it. If you have not seen the passion of the Christ, you need to see it. Oh, it's too gory. Um, All right, Comfy Christian. You need to see it. You need to see what actually was done. Yes, it's theatrical, but it's pretty close probably with what had happened. He was beaten. And then to mock him even more, (laughs) they couldn't take a real crown. They took thorns, put it together, and laid it, probably didn't lay it, pressed it on his head. So he believed more. Bleed more as the Roman soldiers were mocking him. King of the Jews! Because they didn't see any king with a thorn crown in their life. So he must not be a king for me and you. Then he went up to the Calvary. People spitting him along the way, calling him out, mocking him. And those steps, he was thinking of you. He didn't do anything wrong, guys. You realize that, right? (laughs) He's just obeying his Father who loved us so much to send his Son. So he goes up to the cross. And there he hangs. And we know this, most of it. You know, he hangs, right? There's three crosses on Calvary. A thief to his left and a thief to his right, we believe. And the first thief, as, as Jesus is suffering for us, taking on our sins for us, so we don't have to bear them for eternal weight. The thief to the left says, if, again, when people start saying if, <laughs> if you be... The King of the Jews, the Son of God, well, why do you pull us all off these crosses? And like that. Jesus didn't even respond then. But then the thief to the right, we know, begins to recognize there's a contrast here. <laughs> there's something bigger here than is in front of us right now. And he says, I believe you are who you say you are. Would you remember me, Jesus? Would you remember me? And you can just think of the breath that Jesus, I mean, the energy for just to Him to talk and says, I will remember you in paradise. Jesus did not ask what denomination that person was or what they were tried for. He didn't take time to qualify them. said, I will see you in paradise. Probably the most whew, tough statement on that cross. With all this in front of Him, the Roman soldiers are gambling for their clothes. People are still mocking. And you have some of the disciples, Mary, at least understanding what, who He is. And He can actually take the energy to say, Father, Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. No other king would do that. No other king would do that for me and you. So talk about conquering a little bit. So Jesus, obviously, He died. He conquered death. And we'll get back into it in a minute. But I also want to let you know, too, if, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, I mean, what we're talking about him today, you know, I'd highly encourage you to do so. Faith just simply means uh, leaning in, putting all your trust into something that you don't physically, might, or tangibly see. But just putting your trust in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus, when He was on this earth, He He didn't try and sell an idea. Other kings may sell an idea through their duty or whatever. He didn't start a revolution. That's what some of the Jewish leaders wanted. A revolution. Messiah. Get us out of Rome. Kill Caesar. He didn't start a revolution. He simply asked to believe in Him. In Him. Because he is eternal life. And see, conquering was for us, as I said earlier, not to spend eternity without God and Christ, but the victory, as I said earlier, is here and now, too. See, if we truly honor him and worship him as king, it's not a subservient position, it's a surrender position, saying, You can have it all. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And in that surrendering and beginning to follow Christ, there's peace and joy that you won't find anywhere. At a Super Bowl, and those are fun. At a bar, that'll give you something in the morning. You won't find that because it rests in faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done for you in your eternity. But you can have the peace and joy now. Just to prove some of that to you in Scripture, John 16.33, this is Jesus talking about peace. Peace is a big deal. A lot of us need to find that. Can you do that as John John 16.33? Thank you. So this is Jesus. I told you all this so that you may have peace in Me, believing in Him. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, Christian brochure didn't say we're not we're going to have a life free of you're going to have it builds character (laughs) I know it's easier said than done because these are real trials and they can bring sorrow and God was with you through that but brings many trials and sorrows but take heart Woo! this king and I just blew a button I'm so excited (laughs) has overcome the world no, I'm not lying. Look at that. So you can have peace in Him. Peace in Him. Even Paul, he goes further. If I remember, uh, in how about Galatians 5.22? These are things we can have. Paul's talking because when the, Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came down to be in us, to help guide us and navigate us. Uh, go to Galatians. We know this verse great, but these are things we can have now five twenty two Galatians five twenty two I guess that's all right. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness I ain't done yet. Gentleness some of this is hard and I get sometimes too self control there is no law against these things. Your king conquered, so you do not have to be outside of the kingdom that provides all these things. And in these provisions, we flourish. It's there. So let's just jump back into our story, Matthew. Oh boy, Matthew twenty-eight, one through twenty. This is uh, after the burial. of Jesus after dying. And this is early the next morning. This is today, technically. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. We know this. Let's so. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Mm. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. That's going to get my attention right away. Keep going. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was a white, white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He isn't here. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said he would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy and they rushed to give the disciples the angels' message. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. This is the guy who just died. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worship him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called. Emergency. And they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. This wasn't in Rhode Island, was it? Okay. They told the soldiers... I'm getting They told the soldiers, you must say Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand, up for, he, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribes and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today in Jerusalem, I know. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some still had doubts. I know CGI technology wasn't pretty rampant back then. So they still had a physical resurrected Jesus in front of them and they had doubt. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority. This is coming from His kingship in heaven and in earth. And here's our great commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm. Some of us at times wonder uh, why Jesus... Doesn't seem to be with me. No condemnation, but are you doing his will? He just said it there. Pastor, this is a nice story. Really nice. Yeah, Jesus was raised from the dead. Um, all right. Then I ask you this question, and everybody in this room and online. April 9th. At 1051, 2023, who is Jesus to you right now? Is he a religious figure? Good guy with good teachings? Is he my Savior? That's great. And I hope we're going to invite some people today to do that. That's the beginning of an amazing life. Or is he your king, as I said earlier? Is he your king? Are you grounded in that you are citizens of His kingdom? See, when we sang this earlier, He's coming back. Thank the Lord. Sooner than later sometimes you wonder. But thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And He's going to reign. He's going to reign. Because He conquered death. No other king has conquered what he has conquered. He deserves our honor, our worship and this is all done back to what we said in john when god gave the action of him giving his son for us is because he loved us he loves us well pastor i just the life i lead i just this you know i barely got into church today we didn't see it earlier, but in Luke in the Scriptures, when Jesus um, was resurrected before He went to Galilee to meet the rest of the disciples, He met with some individual disciples. One was along the road. They're just walking along the road. Hey, boom. They didn't know they're talking to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then there was another scene later on where he's, he's breaking bread from when they were done fishing and they came to a campfire. Boom, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is just hanging out sitting there with you. What's my point he's going to come he comes for you he comes to you you don't have to clean yourself up get every all the ducks in the row coming as you are because Jesus took that on the cross already sounds too easy pastor the first step is make the commitment I heard this and I know what the time is now and there's hams in the oven but I heard this once. If you're talking, and I want to articulate it well here, uh, if you're talking to anybody as a Christian uh, or Christ follower and you're talking to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, it doesn't matter who they are, you've got good news. Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. No matter if you call yourself a murderer, because we had a murderer on a cross that went to heaven that we just saw. No matter if you labor yourself gay, lesbian, transgender. It's a little quiet in the room. Jesus loves you and He wants a relationship with you. That's Don't clap yet. Because that's good news. And that's even from any of us, husbands, wives, whatever. But if you accept the good news, there's a little inch of bad news at first. Because just as Jesus died for you, He wants you to die for Him. And in that dying for Him, You're not pledging your allegiance to a presidential candidate where it's a constitution that can be rewritten. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords who reigns forevermore. But He loves you. He loves you so much. I hope out of this message today you you understand that you are loved so much. Jesus came to die for you, each and every one of us. So you don't have to live in hell on earth. But to live a life that God wants you to live. Jesus will never touch your will, but He wants your heart. Will's a powerful thing that God designed. He wants you to honestly want Him. Mm. I'm going to read this quick. Oh boy. I'm going to read a song because I'm not going to sing it. This is called medals. Some of you may know it. It's all talking about Jesus. He is a man who speaks his mind. His answers are for you to find. Just open your eyes. Although they war against his name, as we heard today, he sees the truth burn down in flames. Nothing but lies. Heroes come and heroes go. He had no medals. A hand that never made a fist. A storyline without a twist. Jesus had no medals. A man of love, a man of peace, and he will fight for your release. You cry like children in the night, confused and blinded by false light. You don't understand. He's a man who knows no time. He clears the questions from your mind with a touch of his hand. Heroes come and heroes go. He had no medals. They'll try and get you. They'll break your heart. They'll take your reasons and they'll tear it apart. It's never ending, this world. They want control. The lines are drawn and it's a fight for your soul. He will look you in the eyes and say He's not afraid to die. Jesus, You are my hero. And Jesus, we are Your medals. We are Your medals. We are your medals. There's another song I was going to go about. Uh, I don't have time. Uh, Michael W. Smith, above all power, above all kings, above all nations, above everything. There's nothing above our King of Kings. Crucified on the cross, lived to die, trampled like a rose. He thought of you above all, above all, above all. Let's stand. I wanted to um, end today to show pictures of the King we're talking about today to help you begin to see who the King of kings and Lord of lords is. But when I started looking for pictures, I said, wait a minute. It's all in here. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John you'll begin to form a image of this King of Kings and Lord of Lords and go up through the other disciple books where they're recounting the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and who it means to you who died for us. If that's you today and say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to take the time here and pray for you. You see, it's at a point where you you begin to say, I know I need a Savior. Well, my life's a mess, certainly the world's a mess at the very least. And I want to open the gate of my heart to have Jesus come in. And I want to accept Him as my Savior. So I don't have to spend eternity in hell, but with You, Jesus. With You, Jesus. Lord, this is is really overwhelming. I may not recognize you as a king right this second, but I know I need a saving. If that's you, I just want to pray with you really quickly. not going to embarrass anybody, but it's going to take a step of your faith. Because that's all Jesus asked for. If that's you and you let me pray with you just for a few minutes here, you're not going to recite anything, you are not joining a church, you're not joining a religion, not going and joining a movement, I want you just to accept Jesus into your life. If that's you, come down here right now. I don't bite. I just want to pray with you really quickly. There's got to be some people in here. I'll wait a minute or two just to pray a quick prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you.